With a large range of Volkswagen models in stock, visit Solitaire Volkswagen and test drive today. Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yes, good morning to you. It is Saturday morning, top 16 degrees across Adelaide today. The sun's going to be out. It's going to be a little bit partly cloudy, but that's fine um, because we're done with winter. Bryce Gibbs, who always is shining brightly, particularly the last few weeks, have been in very good form. Good morning to you, Kipsy. Good morning, Hazy. Good morning, everyone listening this morning. Oh, the finals. It just keeps oh. producing, doesn't it? Jeez, Another it del- absolute cracker. Absolute deliver last night again. So... Uh, never a dull moment in this final series. You would have tuned in. Highlights, so four two seven one five four one double six. And I think I can safely say this, and I reckon we'll all agree with this. Brisbane, everybody's other favourite team. Jeez, everyone's going to get around the lines now. <laughs> they will. And, jeez, weren't they up against it? Like, you talk about uh, their, their record at the MCG. They've been belted by Melbourne in their uh, last two previous encounters. And they, uh, they were up against it. And... Being 20-odd points down early in the match, we just thought, oh, here we go again. But to the Lions' credit, geez, they, they, found, a, they found an extra gear, didn't they? And they just hung in there. Oh, it did. It was just, it's good to watch. It just looks like Chris Fagan is a fantastic operator. The players absolutely love him. Uh, Barry, what a star he was. Um, there's just so many nice little stories. They did it without Joe Danaher as well, so they're going to be even better next week. Um, but we're going to talk about that in a couple of minutes' time. There's a big game coming up, of course, as well. Collingwood taking on Fremantle. We're going to preview that. Um, this part of my rundown says, when you're plugging things, Cade Simpson will dish the do- dirt on some of Bryce's loser antics at Carlton. Have I read that right? Looser? Oh, looser. I was to say looser, oh, maybe. <laughs> oh, sorry. I just, threw, uh, just forgot the extra O in there. Auto- looser, yeah. not loser. <laughs> we're going to speak to Cade Simpson, one of your old teammates. 342 games for the Blues. He was an absolute warrior. And one of the most underrated players for a long time. He consistently just kept getting it done at a high level. Uh, His durability was unbelievable, but it's no surprise to the guys that knew him well because the ultimate professional, very diligent in the way he's attacked his uh, his rehab um, and looking after his body. And uh, although from afar and from outside the four walls... um, Seemed a bit shy, a bit reserved. Didn't like the limelight. Stayed away from the media. Didn't uh, didn't put himself out there too much. But um, knowing him very well personally, he's one of the all-time great blokes. Didn't put his hand up for a doorstop situation. Hated a doorstop situation. Uh, yep. Even um, you know the the functions and stuff we had to do. He'd always come in late. I mean, even the Brownlow uh, every year, he would purposely wait till the red carpet had finished. He'd always mosey in after everyone had been seated, starting their entrees. Him and his uh, his now wife Dee would uh, just uh, sneak in the back door um, after everything had been been fast. He's no fuss sort of guy. Didn't didn't like the limelight at all. There you go. He eight games for Australia as well. I dare say that would be some sort of record because one or two games in the international rule series is a very good effort. But uh, he was just around for so long. I, I, I think he he could have played for at least another year. I know that he was keen to, and we'll speak about it, but. He was just so durable, and from what I hear, and you're probably definitely the man to ask, that he was valued internally in terms of his leadership space and a real culture guy. Yeah, he was, and you're right. I reckon he still had another couple of years left in him. And even um, I saw him last week, and he's still looking fit as a fiddle. He still keeps himself in very good nick, and uh, even if there was a – he put himself in the mid-season draft so he could fold into a side and and play still consistent footy. That's how how professional he still is, but – um, 
yeah, he's been a, a champion of the game for years and he uh, he's probably got maybe AFL Hall of Fame written all over him, the sort of service he's given to the game. So um, one of the all-time greats, Cade Simpson. Yep, excellent stuff. We're going to speak to Cade uh, just after 10 o'clock. Uh, what a champion he was for the Carlton Footy Club. Um, so when we say Bryce's loser antics at Carlton, it's not loser, <laughs> it's actually looser. We're talking about this shot from Zane Cordy as well. Uh, Bulldogs were on their mad Monday last week. Shots emerged of Zane Cordy getting helped by some teammates. Not endorsing it. I'm certainly not smashing it. Blokes, um, you know, sometimes drink too much, particularly in situations like that. But you're going to lift the lid or give us a bit of an insight into some of the situations. And uh, i tell you what, I don't want to sound like I'm having a whack here at the Carlton Footy Club, but let's just say you guys, for a lot of the seasons, had a fair while to plan your Mad Monday. We did. We And footy trips and those sort of things, we knew pretty early on in the season that <laughs> early uh, season. Right we, on, boys. we weren't going to be playing in September, which is, uh, which is not ideal. But um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll chat about a few of those uh, Mad Mondays or, or um, Christmas breakup drinks that, uh, that oh, we had. Yeah. A, a lot of them have, have already been made public, but uh, happy to talk about them in a little bit more in depth uh, shortly. Geez, Port and Crow has been busy in this off-season already. We're not even close to getting to the trade period, and there's all sorts of uh, uh, word, not even rumours, of, of certain players that are hopefully going to end up in South Australia. So a lot to dissect before 10.30. Let's talk about the game last night. Brisbane are absolutely in this. They are back. Got rid of the, the Ds by 13 points. Firstly, let's hear from Chris Fagan post-match. Yeah, oh, what can I say? Just character from our players. I thought we were in a bit of trouble early. Melbourne were all over us. Probably a little bit fortunate they didn't kick straight. And then we sort of clicked into gear a little bit in the second quarter and we're in the game at half-time, which I think gave our group a fair bit of confidence. You know, Melbourne's second halves this year have not always been the best, so we were aware of that. So we gave ourselves a chance and then we played a a brilliant second half. You nailed it just before. It was, I think they were around just before half-time down by about 28 points. You thought, here we go. Yep, as expected, Melbourne is going to charge towards a grand final. They've found that form that we knew that they could do right at the right time. They're going to blow out Brisbane. I'm starting to think, oh, the Lions, what is going on? They're, what, a top four side that just can't deliver in the finals? But they completely turned it around. Probably a huge part of that was Jared Berry. Yeah, certainly it was. And that was a move that uh, Fagan made, I think, after half time. But they just hung in there, didn't they, the Lions? And the Ds, even in that second quarter, they, they were still threatening. They just missed a heap of opportunities. Their, their goals to points ratio was was out of whack. And you just thought if they had kicked an extra two or three more goals, it would have been game over. But uh, I actually thought after um, that Cozzy Pickett goal, right before half time, I thought that was the moment that the Ds were going to break the Lions. But... With only about 20 seconds left, um, Archie kicked a goal just before half-time in a quick response, which just left the, the door ajar for, for Brisbane to, to stay in the game. And I think Lockie Neal mentioned after the game that um, Fagan was very composed at half-time. And he said, we're actually building into this game nicely and we're not far away, so just hang in there. And, uh, and the title turn, he just mentioned in, of that little clip that uh, the D's second halves uh, certainly aren't as good as their first halves. So, and that's exactly how the game played out in the second half. Uh, Brisbane come out breathing fire. They kicked, uh, I think, four or five of the, the next um, seven goals or something, and, and they were right back in the game. And uh, it was it was a, an entertaining second half, wasn't it? Oh, it really was. It was fun to watch. 0427 154 166. 
Jared Berry in trouble. So he tagged Clayton's the second half. There was a lot of niggle off the ball, which is so fun to see because I just don't know. It would almost be not an impossible task because Jared Berry pretty much did it, but he would be one of the tougher midfielders to shut down, um, Clayton Oliver, because you can't stop some of these blokes from getting the ball. And one of um, Oliver's absolute weapons is his handball. He can genuinely damage you with his handball. So Berry did a sensational job. At one stage, they were wrestling. And in slow-mo, it doesn't look good, but clearly he makes contact with Oliver's face, and in particular, his eye region. Uh, it always looks worse when you slow it down. Real time is certainly what the Lions will be playing when they have to go and see this thing. But is he in trouble? And uh, does, does he have a case to answer for, do you think? Well, as you said, it when it happened in real time, I thought it was okay because um, Oliver was – they were wrestling. Oliver was on top of him, and Oliver had his forearm in Barry's – sort of throat head region and what do you do as a player in Barry's situation of course you're going to try and wrestle him off and, and try and get him off you like you, you don't go want for to the eyeball <laughs> well, yeah so when when it happened live I thought oh he'll be okay because he's just trying to you know get him out of there but the, as you slow it down I think even after the game you could see the scratch under Oliver's eye they're certainly going to look at it um you know, and you don't like to see it I don't think it was malicious or he necessarily meant it um so it will be, it will be unfortunate if he misses games for it. But you know, the AFL, the MRO don't like the look of these things, and they certainly will look at it. This text, and they're already coming through. This one reads: Fagan was out, Coach Goodwin. Uh, that's from John. Good morning to you. This one says Barry will be fine. He was on his back, so agrees with you as well. And that one gives in. This one is there a third club for Ben Brown? I'm not sure. He could be done. That's from Marty. Look, a lot of people pretty solid on social media. Um, to put it nicely, it wasn't a good night last night for Ben Brown. No, it wasn't. He he looked like he was getting to a lot of contests and um, getting his hands to it, but just couldn't quite have the impact uh, that he wanted to. And him both, and uh, Jackson as well, I thought, was, was another one. They were sort of almost there, but just couldn't quite get it done. And, uh, you know, we thought his career was just about done at the end of when he finished up at North Melbourne and the D's gave him a lifeline. And he actually had a pretty reasonable year last year, but... Um, I mean, the D's went 10-0 and 0 at the start of this year, sure. and he was a big part of that, and his second half of the year sort of dropped off pretty quickly. So, uh, yeah, you, you mentioned the, the silly season started already with uh, trade rumours and, and whatnot already well underway, and uh, his name's starting to get thrown up now as well. Yeah, it's just, it, when you said before, I forgot about that, they were 10 and zip. The start that the D's had to crash out the way they did last night in the last couple of weeks... That is an unbelievable drop-off. And no doubt, look, all of their key players are still absolutely in their prime. They'll probably get Brody Grundy uh, next year if Jackson leaves. In saying that's probably, I'm not sure which one you'd like because Jackson is an absolute star where he is. But Brody Grundy, along with Max Gorn, is a pretty intimidating rock duo. Um, but from where they are, they'd be so, so unbelievably disappointed. That's not a successful season from what they expect right now. No, I wouldn't. At round ten, it was who's going to get who's going to beat them. No one's no one's going to beat them. No one's looking close. They could go through this season undefeated. It was who gets to play in a grand final against them. They'll lose, but who gets to lose to these in a grand final? That's yeah. what it, that's where it was. Yep, and then they had that little patch, didn't they, where they lost three or four out of five games, I think, and they just couldn't quite capture that form that they that they started with. And whether that's you know teams have started to work them out, whether they potentially weren't as fit as they were last year, and um, Darren Burgess' name's been thrown up. Now that he's at the Adelaide Crows, he was uh, the main reason why they were so fit last year and 
and you know really just put sides to the sword, especially in the second half. So, is there a little bit of uh, theory there? Maybe, maybe not. But um, yeah, they'll be bitterly disappointed with this D's, the D's, and and so will their fans because having such a great year last year. Starting the year off 10-0, and 0, um, and then it was basically all downhill from then. Yeah, text line 0427 154 166. You would have watched the football last night. Uh, give us your key points. This one from Brett. Good morning to you, great man. He said, morning, boys. Isn't it just awesome when Victorian teams get knocked out of the finals? It's just so, so sweet. Uh, I've got to admit, um, the Lions would have uh, won over so many fans from last night. One, because oh, it's just this air of confidence about Melbourne. It comes with the club. It doesn't matter who's playing. There's just that sort of vibe about the Melbourne Demons. On top of that as well, Brisbane isn't located in Victoria, and that's fun. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and you get a feel for the uh, Brisbane members and supporters that live in Melbourne. They've gone along to the MCG the last 10 or 12 times and watch them lose in every one of those games. Yeah. So uh, they've certainly made up for that, uh, the Brisbane Footy Club, knocking off the Ds last night and, and giving uh, those Lion supporters plenty of joy. So they, uh, they deserved it. Ds aren't done. We know that. They're certainly a destination club, so they'll probably come back bigger and stronger in 2023. This is what Simon Goodwin had to say post-match. Devastating the result. There's, there's no question about that. You know, in, in finals, generally your vulnerabilities come out in games and, and we've had some, you know, throughout the second half of the year, especially when we've lost games of footy. Teams have been able to impact in second half of games and, and mow down leads and um, it happened again tonight. So certainly not a shock in terms of that. Like that's been a, a pretty consistent thing for us when we've been beaten. So we've got some work to do. Yeah, you wouldn't write off the days whatsoever, particularly after this year. I mean, talk to the Cats after 08 and then talk to the Cats after 2010. They went 7-9-11. Yeah, they're not going to drop off anytime soon, Melbourne. And we've seen a lot of their stars recommit over the course of the year. And they they are. They have turned into a destination club. And, you know, you get someone like a Brody Grundy come across, albeit Jackson leaving, um, they're still going to be very dangerous next year. They'll, they'll use this loss going out in straight sets uh, as motivation for next year and, and they'll, they'll be back, there's no doubt. But um, yeah, they certainly wouldn't have banked on, on having the last couple of weeks that they've had. This text from Te- uh, Trent, rather, it says, I think the days will be back up top next year. Good reality check for them, but too many A-graders there not to make another GF. I think you're spot on there, Trent. Um, probably the big hero last night as well, and a lot of people firing up on social media in a good way, was Delta Goodrum. And you know what? It just needs to be simple with our national anthem because, um, look, the pre-recorded cassette version, which uh, as the backing track, which is used, is this big orchestra-type setup where it's just overdone. It's not a fun national anthem. It's not fun to sing along to. So even some music, which is quite ordinary, if you want to make it sound cool and a bit fun, just do it acoustically. I've always said that. Simplify it. So, Delta. So how's this? We were, uh, my sister moved house yesterday, so we helped her move a lot of her furniture from uh, from mum and dad's place into her house. And we got home and uh, Kelly wanted to, uh, she popped a bottle of champagne to say, we finally moved into our new house. Mum, so, give us a uh, cheers. And then, any excuse And for then Kelly, Delta walks out to sing the uh, the national anthem. <laughs> mum goes, stop, stop, Delta's on. Ran straight <laughs> over the TV. Kelly was like, mum, I want to cheers for the new house. <laughs> stopped it, stopped that so she could hear Delta. You stay silent, Kelly, while <laughs> Delta is on. She's, she's singing right now. Yeah, but I just want to, no, no, you be quiet.
See? Gorgeous. You, you crying? I, I don't know about you, but there's the, something about the national anthem before a game just really gets my juices going. <laughs> and even more so right? when Delta's singing it. As in it fires you up or it what? It gets me going, okay, yeah. It makes good. me want to run out there and yeah, good. Just play need again. a bit more specificity with that uh, comment just there. <laughs> um, it doesn't always work, though, when you strip it back. I mean, of course, it was only a few years ago at the NBA All-Star game when we got this from Fergie. Let a flag still Brutal on social media. And on top of that, the reason it was so brutal was the reactions from Draymond Green and Steph Curry taking the absolute you-know-what without even saying a word. We'll try and get it up on our socials, but the the visual of the background of uh, while Fergie singing this song just makes this so good. So, so good. And I just find out, I watched it again last night, and Fergie's getting right into I'm specifically looking at her facials. And I'm wondering if she's sort of watching, uh, singing, going, "I'm nailing this." She, she absolutely, she would be. Or she's going, mm, oh, "She's a bit off here." Nah, she's uh, she's in working. the zone. She's got the eyes closed. She's got no idea what's happening around her. And yeah, Fergie Ferg, eh? <laughs> Fergie Ferg. <laughs> Remember the Black Eyed Peas came out for the AFL Grand Final, and Fergie wasn't there. That was an absolute disaster. Um, Tommy Lyons back this morning as well with an outstanding new song. We've been waiting for this for a good couple of weeks. Yeah, we've had a couple of weeks off with. Uh, yeah. Some of Tommy Lyon's good work, so looking forward to this one. What they say is give him two weeks and the man will deliver. Ken say it's trade-inspired for one of our teams. One of, not both. Not both. Maybe both, but definitely one of, if okay. not both. Okay. I don't know enough about it to spruik it that much. Well, we don't. We don't hear these songs before uh, they get played on our show, so um, the anticipation is growing, Hazy. Jared Berry is in trouble. 0427 154 166. Uh, and your other key points from the game last night, just a stock standard, beautiful piece of football in this final series. Uh, Ken, give us a call as well, of course, all the way up until 10.30, 736 736 uh, Coming up next, uh, we're going to dissect what is probably our favourite part of the show. Tell me, Bryce, Zane Cordy, not a good photo, not flattering. Uh, but look, Bryce and maybe some of the other Blues boys been in somewhat similar situations over the years. You'll give us an insight. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Awkwardly, says sure. It's 10 minutes to nine. Good morning. Live across Australia, Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yes, big shout out to the very good folks down there at Solitaire Volkswagen. The new performance R range is now there. So go down, check it out. It is five minutes to nine. And this is one of the more insightful parts of the show, it must be said. Tell me, Bryce. Tell me, sweet little Bryce. Pretty sick of talking about it, to be honest. Tell me, Bryce. This is where we tap into the mind, that beautiful little mind of yours, Bryce. Beautiful little mind. Why are you saying you got a little head? <laughs> Say you got a little brain. <laughs> Zane Cordy pictured during the week. Obviously, the Western Bulldogs had their Mad Monday celebrations, and I mean, he was papped in the end. That's what it was. Getting uh, helped by a couple of teammates outside an establishment it wasn't a good look. Um, I, I told a story during the week that it happens to the best of us, and particularly, I could understand that it happens sometimes to athletes like that, where I dare say they haven't drunk much at all during the season. And unfortunately, it is a time where, look, there's probably binge drinking involved, etc. But it was only a couple of weeks ago where I haven't sort of drunk much for months. And I had a Saturday off, so we went to a winery and I had a couple of glasses. I said, you know, I'm just going to buy a bottle. Drank that bottle. Then we went to my wife's mum's place and they were having wine. They had a couple of glasses there. Probably got through two bottles. I thought I was going okay. Got home, 7 o'clock on the couch. I said, there's something going on in my tummy. Went to the toilet and I vomited. Ooh. 
it must have been eight litres of pure red wine, and then I was hung over for about three days. So I just lost it. Okay, I lost control. But that's what happens sometimes it's a on a Mad Monday. Feeling, it was a mad Saturday for me, but mad Monday. I'm not saying it's good behaviour. We're not endorsing it, but sometimes it happens, and no doubt Zane Cordy will learn from it. Yes, and it certainly gets harder as you get older. That <laughs> oh. I've learned, Hazy. You certainly can't back up and pull up like you used to when you're a little bit younger. Mm. But um, yeah, you're spot on, and. The pitches weren't great of, of Zane during the week. Uh, and as you said, a lot of people have been there before. And it's not like it used to be, though. Like the traditional Mad Mondays, celebrate uh, celebrations of the end of, end of your season. Uh, it's not, not like how it used to be. And you said he got papped. They sort of, they were sit, sit, sitting on a balcony, I think. And it was pretty, they were pretty out in the public mm. eye. So it's not like they were trying to hide away and... Um, you know, not be recognised. So, um, yeah, you certainly got to understand that as well. But, yeah, we uh, at the Blues, we, we did celebrate pretty hard on a, on a mad Monday. and Celebrate, commiserate, whatever you want well, to call it. Yeah, well, it certainly wasn't celebrating, was it? It was uh, drowning the sorrows. Uh, <laughs> be careful with your words there. On the, uh, the first Saturday or first Monday of September because uh, we didn't play too many finals, Hazy. But, um, yeah, we, we had, we had plenty, plenty of times where... Uh, Guys got a little bit caught up and consumed a little bit too much alcohol at times and found themselves in some sticky situations. But uh, some memories uh, that uh, that come to mind, we'd, we'd always usually have a dress-up. Um, sometimes we'd be in groups and you'd have a theme and uh, you'd stick to that stick to that sort of dress-up. I remember one year, though, we... Um, we had a, a $20 limit and, I mean, there's, you certainly wouldn't be able to get, get away with this back in the day, but um, we jumped on a, on a bus and we stripped down to our underwear. Oh boy. Jumped on a bus and we headed down Sydney Road to the local Savers and you had 20, 25 bucks to run into Savers, buy your outfit for the day. You had like a 20 minute, um, 20 minute time frame to, to make this happen, then back on the bus and then we, we went off to a pub. So you can imagine that the bus pulling up on, on a busy Sydney road, 40 blokes jump off the bus in their jocks, run across the road into Savers. Um, you can imagine getting papped as you called oh it before. And it just, it wouldn't go down too well. Uh, and this was early days when I, when I first got to the club. So it was uh, a many year ago. Um, and it was the year that, um, Brendan Favola ducked into a, an adult shop. Why did at, I, why at, did I some, for at, some reason at the same time. know that Brendan Favola was going to get mentioned in this particular part of the show? Yeah, well, he, he sort of came into his own on these days. <laughs> yeah. he, he led the charge, uh, you, you could say. Um, so the day played out and he was actually papped. We're bringing that word out a lot this morning. Mm -hmm. um, with this... I guess you could call it toy. And I'm actually in the background trying to tell him off. Um, I had a few beers by that stage, and uh, I think that photo made the the paper. You were telling him off as a youngster. I was telling him off, saying, "Tell him to pull his head in." He didn't look too fussed at all. How old were you? I would have been in my second or third year, I think. Wow. Or, Twenty, twenty-one year old. Yeah, just trying to tell him to pull his head in, which uh, to which he was not. He wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was uh, that was one memory. Um, but we'd always end. We'd always used to go to a pub called the Cricketer. So after that, once he got photoed, it was like, right, we need to go to a pub. We need to board the windows up, lock the doors, and sort of be have no one in, no one out, sort of set up. So uh, it always ended up being at the Cricketer's Arms uh, in Richmond there, and and that's what we did. We'd still continue the dress up theme. 
uh, we'd always enter the pub at uh, one, two in the afternoon and sometimes it would uh, last till early hours of the morning. Um, but we, from then it was you weren't allowed to go out, you weren't allowed to head off. If it was you left the pub, you were going home. So we, we tight, certainly tightened things up um, as the years went on. But there was a, a Christmas drinks, actually. Um, oh, I always loved a Christmas party, didn't when, you? Uh, which really got out of hand. Uh, and it was, it was a boat cruise. Um, and a lot of the younger guys were, were partnered up with senior players on this, on this cruise. Um, a lot of the new guys that had just been drafted or, or traded in. And uh, again, I think this, the, this made the news. Uh, was Levi Kasbolt um, got a hold of, and it, he had similar photos taken of him like Zane Cordy did um, on, on during the week. So uh, that wasn't a great start, uh, but then it continued to get worse. And we... We made our way down after the boat cruise down Brunswick Street, I think it was, and um, ended up at a couple of pubs which weren't too happy with our with our carry on and our antics. Um, you know, forty guys with your general vibe. General vibe. Um, it was it was like a tornado had gone down Brunswick Street. Looking back, it, it wasn't great, um, and I think the ramifications of that night were, which again were, were made public and, and made the news. I think Ryan Houlihan was staying at Crown. And he ended up getting locked out of his room in his jocks and had oh. to go down, down to reception, get a new key for his room. Thank goodness he didn't do what Nate Miles did back in the yes. day. Yes, well, lucky, lucky he didn't mm. go down that path. And I think Eddie Betts might have got uh, arrested that night as well. So Wow. Uh, that was the flow-on effect from, from this boat cruise. And I can remember sitting, we all got called into the club a couple of days later. Uh, I remember sitting in the, in the theatre and the club, you know, going bananas at us because of the, the trail of destruction that we yeah. caused on this day. And they, they said Mars, who were one of our joint major sponsors at the time, were, were about to pull the pin on, on the sponsorship, which was worth plenty of coin. Um, so in terms of ramifications, I, I think that was probably the biggest and, the, and the, by far the most worst uh, day or that session that, that we'd had um just the things that come out of that day which again looking back it was was wasn't great and it was pretty poor on Gen- our behalves but um yeah there's a, a couple of stories there for you it's um somewhat generous of the football club as well to give you a couple of days before they called you in well i think it, it, took, them, it, the next it took them a couple of days to find out all the information right. and finish conducting their own investigation hazy because uh so much had happened uh on that day so um yeah, looking back, as I said, it, it wasn't great, but um, luckily no real damage was done. Uh, look, you've learnt from it. You've learnt from those experiences, and now you're a better person. Have I? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, yes, you have. I'm sure the South Adelaide boys were very uh, proper in their post-season celebrations. Where was it? Just at Jimmy Dean's? Yeah, just at Jimmy Dean's there, you know, sharing a schnitzel, uh, having a few... Uh, few Few parallels down at uh, down at Panther Park. A couple of white wine spritzes. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> hey, Tommy Lyons going to join us next. Our absolute whiz of a producer, uh, and he's penned another outstanding song. So looking forward to that. It's five minutes past nine. So let's get straight into the newsroom. Live across South Australia. Welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, of course, we are doing it thanks to the new performance R range, which is now at Solitaire Volkswagen. A lot of texts coming through. So many texts coming through that the text machine is actually on fire and smoking. So we'll put that out and read them. Here's one of them. 
from Brett. Good morning to you. He said, is it true about Fitzroy's? It's true about Fitzroy supporters. They feel happy for them to get some footy joy. Absolutely. Um, hopefully they can take it a step further and get into a grand final. Uh, Melbourne can take their cheese boards and tally-ho back to their holiday homes. That's from Gary. It's a very good point, uh, Gary. This one, hey, fellas, if Freo win tonight, there are no Melbourne-based teams left. Go Freo. <laughs> That's really good. Huge chance, I reckon, too, Freo. You reckon? Just yep. a bit of a smoky? I reckon huge chance. Okay. That uh, would be quite the upset. Tommy's in. G'day, Tommy. Yeah, good morning to you both. I've uh, had a look across the news this weekend. Obviously, the silly season is very much underway. Lots of rumours flying around. Say one thing one week and uh, the next week it turns around. And so... I've heard Luke Jackson is no longer going to Fremantle, but that could turn around 180 degrees in the next day or so. So it is a silly season, and I've had an incredible piece of news come across my desk uh, about a number of artists, worldwide musicians who want to um, get involved in Trade Week. They've been hearing things, and they just are fascinated by it. As the AFL trade period fast approaches in a bizarre turn of events, some music greats have given their thoughts on player movement through song, starting with Outcast. It's swung a little bit for Luke Jackson. It's not a certainty that he goes home. Hang on, hang on. I'm sorry, Luke Jackson, there is no deal. Never meant to make the darkest cry, but he decided to change his mind. I'm sorry, Luke Jackson. There is no deal. <laughs> Meanwhile, Dean Martin is back from the grave to pay tribute to Tim Taranto's next move. Did you hear Taranto says that he just <laughs> might go for more money? <laughs> Richmond is where he wants to play for seven years. That's amore. It's more money, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and Dead or Alive have rejuvenated an 80s classic about the Adelaide Crows' finances. Rankin has four million reasons to come back. Rankin, come right down to your hometown to put Adelaide's salary cap out. Overpaid, but it's worth it for the home crowd. Other players will be jealous when they find out. Rankin, Rankin, pleasure, pleasure. And Wild Cherry want Josh Dunkley to reunite with his partner in SA. Trade Josh Dunkley to the port boys. Trade Josh Dunkley to his wife. Lay down the money and trade Josh Dunkley to a shit aside. (laughs) Yes, players across the league are dancing out the door. Um, that's all from the newsroom. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, that's hey. good, Tom. Oh, <laughs> Some oh. of your best work. Oh, very nice stuff. Uh, I didn't know there were such prominent musicians getting involved. I didn't, th- I didn't know that the AFL trade process was a worldwide thing. Yes, they all look forward to trade radio and they all uh, listen in. Mick Jagger, uh, <laughs> Cold, Jagger Coldplay, it. he loves trade radio as well. So, um yeah, stunning news. <laughs> Very good stuff. <laughs> All right, make sure you download the podcast. Check out the socials for another outstanding edition of a Tom Lyons song. Absolute extraordinary whiz. I mean, how do you keep on topping it? Where are you getting these ideas from? How does that little brain of yours work? Well, the funny thing is, as I'm doing it, I'm always wondering, what am I doing now? Like, it, <laughs> they, they kind of get more lame every time. And I go, 
surely the lamer it gets, maybe the funnier it gets if I do an Italian accent. Is, that, is that okay if I, it's if I take a working. traditional Italian song? You can just see him, though, like practicing in the mirror, can't you? Can, oh, like, okay. With the accent before he records it. Like, yeah. Um, Hey Jess, bit like, bit, hey Jess, what do you think of this? A bit like, <laughs> oh, I don't know, don't know about that, Tommy. A bit like Fergie. I'm, I'm <laughs> nailing this. Oh, mate, you should see the amount of bad takes I do. Not good. Uh, very, very good stuff. Um, texts coming through thick and fast as well. Just a quick one for you, uh, Bryce. Just a bit of feedback from your footy days. Bryce, back in those early days, for yourself and Carlton, maybe you guys have put a little bit more effort into being premier drinkers rather than on-field premiers. <laughs> yeah. It's a good message. Well, it's followed up with a couple of laughing emojis. It is, and... I can't. I got no comeback to that. <laughs> Spot on. It's not great. Good solid text like that. Keep them coming through. Oh four two seven one five four one double six. Huge game coming up. Collingwood taking on Fremantle. We're going to preview it next. It's thirteen minutes past nine. Good morning. We're going to do a little preview now of the big game tonight. Six fifty five at the MCG. It is Collingwood taking on Fremantle. Uh, and look, we were alerted just before via the text message, and it's a really, really good point that if Freo win this, it will be a Melbourneless rest of the final series. And that sits pretty well with me. That's uh, unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. So go Dockers is what we're saying. Go the flag mantle. <laughs> go flag mantle. Go get your tattoos. Go flag mantle. Um, all right. Obviously, though, uh, the Pies go in as firm favourites. They're paying $1.52. Should they be favourites, do you think, Gibbsy? Well, both, both uh, sides have had unbelievable years. Uh, and both sides were tipped at the start of this year not to be where they were, where they finished after the home and away season. So it's a credit to, to both teams. And they've both played an exciting brand of footy. Uh, and I think this is going to be an extremely good game, like all finals have been up until this point. Um, and it's interesting. So Frio are staying on the East Coast this week. So they played against the Bulldogs. They won. They're going to stay in Melbourne all week in preparation for this game. So I think that's a, a really smart move. They're really backing themselves in to, to put in a good performance. They obviously need to start a lot better than they did against the Bulldogs on the weekend because if you give a team like Collingwood a lead of 40-odd points uh, halfway through the second quarter, it's going to be pretty hard to come back with. But I'm just worried that Collingwood might be a little bit flat after last weekend's game. They obviously took it right up to the Cats and were in front for a lot of the second half in that game. And... Fell short uh, within the last minute, minute and a half. So I'm just worried how much that's going to take out of the pies. But it's going to be a, a battle of the midfield, I reckon, Hazy. Both teams, they don't have the firepower up forward than, than say, a Geelong do or, or say, a Melbourne do. But um, I think it's going to be won and lost in the midfield. And most finals are when you talk about contested ball, tackles, pressure in and around the footy and, and both of these sides do that very well so uh, Frio won't be uh, phased I don't reckon by what will be a huge portion of Collingwood supporters if they get 80 90,000 at the G which they, they will you know 70% of them are going to be Collingwood supporters so uh, I don't think that's going to worry them I think they're going to really use that as motivation in this game uh, and Guys like Will Brody, who's had an unbelievable year, Caleb yep. Sarong, Andrew Brayshaw, who, who'd be one of the favourites for the Brownlow. Um, those are the guys that are going to set the scene for, for Frio. And I think if they have big games and get on top of the Pendlebury's, get on top of the Daycosses, um, I think they can win this game. Fremantle seem to me like they're in the same boat as Sydney, that 
for whatever reason, I don't think people have 100% taken them seriously. If they win today, you go, oh, hang on. Yeah, they're, they're a genuine chance as well. But I don't know why. Maybe because all the focus this year has been on Geelong. It's been on Melbourne. It's been on some of these other sides that probably haven't delivered as much as they should, apart from the Cats. But it still feels like, for me, the Fremantle have somewhat gone under the radar. But they've been going under the radar all year, Hazy. And, and I've been... Um guilty of that as well every week they just kept grinding out these amazing wins and it's like oh yeah I'll, I'll not 100% sold it I'm not 100% sold on but then you know you look at their record and who they've beaten throughout the home and away season um even Geelong in Geelong when they won down at the Cattery no one gave them an ounce of chance to win that and and they've ticked off um you know some huge scalps throughout the year and and even quarter time on the weekend no one gave them a chance yep. to win that game against the Bulldogs, but their, their system stands up in, in high-pressure big games. And it's a credit to, to Justin Longmuir and what he's done with this group. And they're just well-drilled. They have a crack. And I think they had something like nine players under 22 in that side on the weekend. So you know, they've recruited really well over the last couple of years. They've got the right players into this footy club. And... That's why they've had such a, uh, a consistent uh, and great year. The other thing as well, I mean, we talk about Justin Longmuir and his style and how much and how well the players are responding. The other one as well, which we just keep on hearing really good things about, is Josh Carr, who obviously works under uh, Longmuir. He's now been linked to Port Adelaide for an assistant role, which would make sense. A lot of people saying Josh Carr is a senior coach in waiting. He's done the apprenticeship, although he does have this love triangle with um, Port Adelaide and Fremantle. It was, as a player, Port Adelaide... Sorry, it was Port Adelaide to Fremantle, back to Port Adelaide, and then coach Port Adelaide to Fremantle, back to potentially Port Adelaide with a stint at North Adelaide in between. So, look, he's married to Port and Fremantle. Right now it's Fremantle's turn, potentially comes back to Port. Nonetheless, he's a very, very good coach uh, as an assistant. Yep, he's got huge wraps on him. and uh, So what you're basically saying, lock him in <laughs> at the power next, next year. Well, I think what we can safely assume is that um, if it's not Fremantle, it's definitely Port. <laughs> yeah. And if it's not Port, it's definitely Fremantle. <laughs> That's a, you make a f- <clears throat> fair case there, Hazy. A lot of Pies supporters as well. And they really sort of show themselves uh, when uh, the Pies are up and about. So are you feeling about tonight? Are you confident? Or do you just have that feeling that something could go disastrously wrong today? And you get those feelings sometimes before games. And sometimes you come up against opponents where, especially those games where you know you're supposed to win, but you don't, and you feel more vulnerable being at some of these sides. I mean, even at Sample level in 2011, we were supposed to win it all. And Norwood was supposed to be the big threat. The Eagles were underneath them, but for some reason we just knew that they matched up well against us and we didn't want to play them in a grand final. They got themselves through a grand final. They played out of their skins and beat us. Sometimes you're more vulnerable to see to sides that are below you on the table. Yeah, and that's the the thing about finals footy hazy is that it is a different game. It's a different beast and it doesn't matter what your record is or what your record is against other sides uh, during the home and away season. Once you make finals, uh, anything can happen. So you just need to play well on the day and I think Frio can have one of those those games tonight. Mm. 16 degrees across Adelaide today. It's going to be partly cloudy. Give us some tips. 0427 154 166. What can we get up to? In South Australia round, keep What's on in SA? Climate's Trade Centre at Regency Park has the best Dakin prices. The show's still going for today and tomorrow. It feels like this thing's been going on for the best part of six months. And if you've been to the show and you've taken some toddlers along, 
like my wife did a few days ago. So she got there at 10 and I think she ended up leaving at about 4 o'clock. Full credit to her, that's all I'll say. That She deserves a medal. She deserves a medal after you forgot her birthday last <laughs> week and she deserves another medal for taking the kids one out to the show. And, and uh, my wife Lauren's taken my kids to the show today. Oh, there you go. And I will not be there. You're a legend, so Lauren. She, we'll give her a medal tomorrow or tonight <laughs> after she gets back. But she gets back and it makes she's for exhausted. a long day. It does make for a long day. Uh, your favourite musical artist, and that is Michael Bublé, the boob. Um, he's playing at the Entertainment Centre tomorrow night, so you'll be there, no doubt. The King of Swing. The King of Swing. The boob. Of course. Must be getting close to Christmas when Bublé really shows himself, doesn't he? Sample as well. Uh, Adelaide taking on the Red Legs tomorrow. So this is the prelim final from 245. Um, Last spot up for grabs for the Sample Grand Final. Of course, North Adelaide have already booked their ticket. This is going to be a great game. Adelaide flogged the Red Legs a couple of weeks ago. Red Legs found their mojo again last week. This one, I reckon, I can't pick who it's going to be, but it's going to be close. Yeah, and the Red Legs will learn a lot from their game against the Crows a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, Rawlings, he's a very good coach. Very good coach. tactically uh, very smart. So, he'll tinker a few things against the Crowies tomorrow. And uh, I'm with you. It's going to be a a good, close game, I reckon. It's two really good coaches going head-to-head. Twiggy Rawlings v Mickey Godden. Um, Love that as well. And you've got a bunch of players, particularly from the Crows, which is really nice to see. Um, They really want to win this thing. They want to make a statement. Yeah, and we spoke to Marco Bello uh, last week and I asked him about the motivation of players this time of year. Playing in the in the Crow side, seeing a lot of their peers go on holidays and um, is it hard to keep them motivated? But they've come this far, go on and win it now. Mm. They, they haven't won a, a flag in the SNFL uh, as a part of being a Crow's uh, standalone side. So... Um, their motivation is, is high to win this thing, and uh, we've seen that in their performances so far. Gee, I tell you what, they've got the right blokes in the coaching department to tell the boys all about winning sample flags. You've got Mick Godden and you've got Marco Bello. There's a whole bunch of premierships between those two. Yeah, you're spot on, and uh, they're obviously teaching and, and motivating these guys accordingly. So uh, they're right in the thick of it this year, the Crowies. All right, 0427 154 166. Uh, give us some clues. What are you up to today? What should we be getting up to? Um, sent text us through and also you can give us a call of course one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Climates Trade Centre Regency Park has the best day and prices what you need when you need it with a large range of Volkswagen models in stock visit Solitaire Volkswagen and test drive today live across Australia Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, we're coming to you live from SCNSA studio Lumo SA powered by Lumo Angie the text line is just I mean wow 0427-154-166. Can you keep up? I don't know where to look. It's, it's just flashing at me every second. There's text coming out of your Slow eyeballs. Slow down, people. Slow there? down. Slow down. In saying that, we'll get through each and every one of them. We'll take your calls as well before 10.30. There's a lot going on with our two football clubs as we approach uh, the trade period and free agency and everything. It's a busy time of the year. I'd much rather be talking about the Crows and Port playing in the finals, but... When they're not, this is what we start talking about, what it looks like for 2023. Can you remember a year that there's been so much talk already before the season even finishing? No. Because I can't. Absolutely cannot because there's already, I mean, if it's for the Crows, the big talking point, of course, is ranking. And that's that's not a, a murmur or see what happens. He's actually nominated the Crows to come home. But for Port Adelaide, it's Junior Rioli, it's Josh Dunkley. There's a few little nibbles elsewhere it's already unbelievably busy and we're not even close to trade period. Yeah. 
I, I just can't remember a, a year where there's been so much talk and rumours and whatever it may be. Uh, even players nominating clubs already. Mm -hmm. Usually that just doesn't happen for, for a few more weeks. So, um, yeah, I've been uh, surprised, but maybe that's just the, the way the landscape is in the AFL world at the moment. Let me put it this way. As you know, this time of year, working as a, a journalist, or as we like to be called at this time of year, a parasite. Or pop-up sprinkler. Yep, the pop-up sprinkler, hiding in a lot of bins, spending a lot of time at the airport at the minute. And so much so that you stay there for under three hours. This is how it works. Stay there under three hours in the car park. Then get you go a, down. You get a discount. Well, you <laughs> you can bill it back to Channel 7 because it's part of the job. Over three hours, you've got to pay for it yourself and you go oh, through really? the system. It's an absolute nightmare. Um, but when you go down under three hours, you press on the help button and someone will pop up and say, yep, take your details. So much so now that uh, I'm on a name-by-name -name basis with a lady by the name of Helen. And she go, g'day, Andrew. I go, Hi, Helen. She goes, how'd you go today? Did you get any footballs? Uh, no, Helen, see you tomorrow. <laughs> oh, it's an interesting relationship. And good on Helen for putting up with yeah. you day in, day out, <laughs> trying to doorstop mm. the who's who of the AFL world. I'll tell you what, yeah, we were sitting there the other day and we thought, oh, is anyone going to walk past that we can speak to? And who do you think it was? Richard Wilkins. Huh. Dickie you, Wilkins walked past. Did you get him? We thought about stopping and asking him if he was Josh Dunkley. <laughs> Go back to the newsroom. <laughs> did you get anything? Yeah, yeah, we got someone. Who? Uh, Dickie Wilkins, what did he say? He said, I am not Josh Dunkley. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet, we'll use it. It's 9.34, a lot of trade news. We'll talk about it next. Uh, of course, this morning as well, uh, we are doing it thanks to Climate's Trade Centre at Regency Park. They have the best Dakin prices. Good morning, I'm Chelsea Ryan with SEN News. Thousands pay tribute to Queen Elizabeth II, with mourners gathering at St Paul's Cathedral in London honouring her memory. King Charles delivered his first speech as monarch before the ceremony, reflecting on his mother's extraordinary life and legacy. I speak to you today with feelings of profound sorrow. Throughout her life, Her Majesty the Queen, my beloved mother, was an inspiration, an example to me and to all my family. Back home, the Queen's bond with Australia is being remembered and celebrated following her passing at the age of 96. Governor-General David Hurley says while her life has ended, the example she has set has not. She consistently demonstrated tireless and selfless service, devotion to duty and a compassion for others. These are values to which we all should aspire and hope to meet. They are as relevant today as they were 70 years ago. Landmarks across the country have been lit up to remember Her Late Majesty, including Brisbane's Story Bridge, the MCG, Federation Square and the Shannon Remembrance. Sydney has projected an image of Queen Elizabeth II on the Opera House, where she opened the Harbourside venue in 1973. In other news, the National Children's Commissioner is leading a push to ban smacking children to break a cycle of violence. Sydney commuters could be in for more train delays with the rail union threatening to step up strike action next week. And the Adelaide Royal Show will make a triumphant return after two years. SEN.com.au Sport coming up next. Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA. 
with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, definitely visit Solitaire for the latest Volkswagen models and definitely keep those texts coming through. It's hard to squeeze a much more room in, but do your best, 0427154166, and we'll do our best to read them all out before 10.30. Um, look, it's already the silly season, Bryce, for our two clubs. They don't make finals, so now they start thinking about what's happening in 2023. Um, let's start at Port Adelaide because they're probably most active. Josh Dunkley is probably set up to be um, the hottest signature for 2023. Firstly, good fit at Port Adelaide? I think he's a really good fit at Port Adelaide and he's a, he's a very good player. And the, uh, he hasn't signed yet at the Bulldogs and that's usually a, a telling sign that he's looking to move. And history would say that players that haven't signed by now uh, are more than likely to move on. So... He's got a couple of options, but and Porter well and truly in the, the hunt for, for his services for next year. And I think he just fits into that midfield perfectly. Uh, we've seen Connor Rosie, what he's done um, this year, moving into the midfield, gives Boca chop out, whether he spends a bit more time forward. But he's one of those players that gets the ball, can run and break the lines, uses it exceptionally well. Uh, with Carl Amon uh, leaving, um, He'll just fill that void, uh, whether he's inside, out on the wing, you name it. Uh, he can play in either position. So um, I think he's a great fit for Port Adelaide. So, look, he's got links to Port Adelaide as well. Well, sorry, Adelaide in general, because his partner is Tip Edouan, who plays for the Adelaide Thunderbirds. Um, so he's been spotted in Adelaide several times throughout the year, obviously, to visit his partner. But there is some links there. He knows the town pretty well now, so it's a different – it'll be a change in lifestyle, all those types of things. Kane Corns made a good point during the week as well that – the reports are that Tim Taranto is worth around about 700 a year for seven years. So if that's what Tim Taranto is worth, boy, oh boy, what's Josh Dunkley worth? Because he probably is worth a bit more than that if you're grading it like that. You reckon he's worth more than Tim Taranto? I would think that Josh Dunkley would command a higher salary than has Tim he, Taranto. You disagree? Has he won a BNF? Not that BNFs are the be all and end all, but I certainly know Tim Taranto has. And has Tim Taranto a- has. I don't reckon Josh Dunkley has. I mean, he's won a premiership, but we're talking individual stuff. Yeah, he's been very, he has been a very consistent player, Josh Dunkley. But I, yeah, I, off the top of my head, without looking at stats over the last few years, I, I'd have Tim Trando ahead of him just, I reckon. Mm, okay, 0427 154 166. Um, who do you rate just a little bit higher, Tim Taranto or Josh Dunkley? Um, we'll stay in Port Adelaide. The other one, of course, is Junior Rioli. So he's been in town. He spoke not too long ago. Um, he's exploring his options. You know, play the best footy, you've got to be comfortable. And for me, yeah, I learnt that when I wasn't playing footy, that I was playing good footy, but I wasn't comfortable. You know, I wasn't stable. So if I could be stable, and and I know I'll get the best out of my footy. This is interesting because Port's put an offer out there. It's more years um, and probably not as many clauses in what West Coast have given him. So we're hearing it's around about four years versus West Coast, maybe two years, um, with some solid clauses, given his history in the last sort of couple of years. Look, they're, they're angry over in Perth. They're angry at West Coast with the whole situation. I've always said, look, it's always power to the players. You look after yourself. These were interesting comments during the week from Xavier Ellis. Now, I'll tell you what would make you comfortable. Go on. Getting paid for two years when you're banned for two years. That would yeah. make you pretty comfortable. Yes, this is West Not Coast, having to pay for the QC fees of your, li- your, your cases that you've mm. had in the last two years. Don't have them waived. Mm. That would make me feel a bit comfortable. Yeah, jeez. Willie Rioli, I think you owe West Coast. I think it's, a, a, it's, it's not a great... You, 
You might get a better deal at Port, but what West Coast have done for you over the last mm. three years, mm. you've played in two victories in the yeah. last three years. Jeez. I think they hose West Coast something. Not many players owe football clubs anything. Mm. Uh, it's a business deal. It is literally shake hands. I perform a contract. Uh, I think that he owes it to West Coast to uh, stick it out. That's Xavier Ellis via Triple M in Perth. Um, oh, jeez, look, he, he makes a pretty solid point. I'm still sticking by my guns in that, look, the players have got to look after themselves. I'd say 99.5% of players won't earn the money they earn as AFL players post-football. So you've got to cash in. Uh, Junior's been pretty open that he's got to look after his family, etc. But these are extreme circumstances. Yeah, and like I'm with you, Hazy. It's, it's hard because uh, Xavier Ellis makes a, an unbelievable point. And... They could have thrown him to the wolves after after what he some of the decisions that um, Rioli had made, and they didn't. They stuck by him, as you, as he said. They continued to pay his salary uh, and helped him in a lot of other ways as well. And they feel like they're going to get stitched with him just picking up and leaving. But as you said, an offer worth four years on a lot more money than what's um, speculated that uh, West Coast are going to offer him. Like, how do you say no to that sort of deal? So um, I can certainly see both sides of of the argument here. But, yeah, if, if a club was to stick by me in that in that sense, I'd feel obliged to, to stick, stick with them. Mm. Well... I want to see Junior Rioli play his footy in South Australia. So from a, a selfish perspective, I'd like to see him kicking goals at Adelaide Oval, often. So here's one for you. Small forward, like, it, would, does he fit straight into that side? Is, is he? Yes. So who misses out? The, the, the forward nobody. line's stacked. You reckon he just... No, I don't, no nobody. Because straight in for Robbie Gray, maybe. There's spots opening up. I mean, Stevie Motlop, when he was at his best, was in there. So there's spots. We know Robbie Gray absolutely locks down a spot. They're looking for small forwards. And it makes sense for someone like this. Look, um, look. let's be honest. There, there's some red flags that come with Junior Rioli because it's very open what's happened over the last sort of couple of years. He's missed uh, football because of crosses, etc. But they would back in their football department. They've got guys like Sean Burgoyne there who's, who can absolutely uh, be such an unbelievable mentor. So I think it's a good move. I, I absolutely think he's straight away in their top 22. And so the other one as well is it's a bit of depth as well. He's a great player, but unfortunately his body has let him down in Aratia Fantasia. Um, but look, they need to build up. They need numbers as small forwards. And you mentioned those red flags. And we have seen with Tyson Stengel over the last 12 months. Beautiful if, change of if, environment. If you get... Get around someone. You, you get them in the in the right headspace. Uh, you get the right people around them. They can turn it around. I'm not saying that Rioli will be in all <laughs> Australia next year, but where Tyson Stengel was 12 months ago, to where he is now, giving him another opportunity, giving him another chance, um, it certainly can be done. Yep. Uh, the other one as well is Aaron Francis. He's been linked to Port Adelaide. This is uh, much probably looser than what's been reported. So he's had a loose chat with Port. Uh, just to gauge some interest. And from what we know, they've said, yeah, okay, look, let's come back. Top priority right now is trying to get some of these uh, other players through via the trade period. Um, so, look, we'll, we'll come back. I don't think he's he's done a medical or he hasn't done any of those sort of, sorts of things, But uh, which I completely understand Port Adelaide saying, well, yeah, we'll have a look at Aaron Francis because the talent's still there. I know as a whole it hasn't quite worked. He's had seven years in the system. 
But the fact that we're still sitting there going, well, he probably deserves to still be in the AFL system means he's shown enough for clubs to be like, yeah, that, that guy can be an absolute star. He came to Essendon as an absolute star. From what we're hearing as well, I think he could be the prime example of someone who, change of environment, he can absolutely flourish. And he's a South Australian boy. I think he's had issues with homesickness before. This could be if he does land at Alberton, because we're hearing as well that the Crows, they've got all their eggs in the Isaac Rankin basket. This could be a big win because he's a genuine swingman as well. Michael Bublé. He's, he's a Michael Bublé. So if Michael Bublé is the king of swing, then uh, Aaron Francis could be the prince of swing. <laughs> but you're spot on. And a change of environment will do him a world of good, I reckon. Because he, he was linked to Adelaide a few years ago. And then he wasn't really getting an opportunity at Essendon at the time. But then they dug their heels in and said, nah, we see potential in this kid. We're going to keep him. We're going to pack him in. And then... I think they did for a period of time, but it sort of hasn't quite worked out the way they would have liked. And I reckon he'd be a great get for either side, to mm. be honest, Port or the Crows. Uh, Multi-position player, as you said, um, takes a great mark, kicks the ball well, and still got a lot of good years of footy left in him. Well, let me put it this way. If Port take a bit of a punt on Sam Skinner last year. He played some great football at South Adelaide, gets himself on the senior list and absolutely in the mix to play AFL football. It hasn't worked the way that uh, Sam Skinner would have liked and, and probably Port Adelaide for whatever reasons. Um, tough for opportunities and, um, and everything that comes with it. But if Sam Skinner can get uh, an opportunity, if he's good for some security, then absolutely Aaron Francis is good for some security. He's 25. And Port is still in the window, I think. They're still good enough to bounce quickly from the year that they've had this year and, and play finals footy next year. And someone like an Aaron Francis coming in, he's got experience. He's, he's a good player. Um, he adds to the depth as well. He, he can only help them drive up the ladder next year and, and play finals footy. Yep, absolutely. Thoughts on Aaron Francis, particularly Port Adelaide supporters. Uh, there's a small link with Aaron Francis and the power. 0427 154 166. It's certainly not a done deal, that's for sure. Uh, from the Crows, Isaac Rankin. We know that's just bubbling away in the background. What's he worth? No doubt that Gold Coast will be pushing for two first-round picks. It's pretty simple, isn't it? It gets done for their top pick. Is that it? I don't think they'll settle for just one top pick. Should I don't think they? Lazy. Well, it's negotiation, isn't it? They start, you start somewhere. The Crows will start somewhere. And they'll meet in the middle. They'll meet in the middle. So it is one extreme, two first-round picks, and the other extreme, just one first-round pick, and then say it ends at a first-round pick and maybe either a second-round or even a future second-round pick or something like that. Yeah, it's going to get complicated, I think. There's going to be a bit more to it than uh, than just a couple of picks. Uh, and I'm not sure where it sits right now, how how in depth they've they've gotten with uh, with this trade, but uh, I can see this still taking a while to get done. Just quickly as well, from a Crows perspective, uh, Fisher Mackesy, reports were that he was linked with Carlton. Apparently that's cool, but it was Sam Edmund during the week, uh, SEN's very own, he said, look, there might be a few little nibbles and some interest from Sekilda for a deal to be done there. He's still got a year to go in his contract here at Westlakes. Um, the other one is Billy Frampton. This is interesting because ask Trent McKenzie, Trent McKenzie saved his AFL career by playing really well in the Sample Finals um, a couple of years back. And I think Billy Frampton is doing the same thing. He is playing some unbelievable football right now. And before the final series, he was already getting linked to Collingwood. And he's one of those players who have been, he's been under the list for 
a number of years and didn't get much of an opportunity at Port. Come across Adelaide, didn't quite get the opportunity early days, but his form even in the AFL side early in the year was was fantastic. Yep. And I just thought he was going to keep his spot, to be honest. Uh, he found his way out of the side, but continued to play at a high level in the sandfall. And he, he's having high 20 possessions, uh, a heap of intercept marks, and, and uses the ball well now that he's a defender. He started as a forward, he's gone gone into the back line, and he's uh, he's been unbelievable. And it sounds like... Um, Collingwood might might be keen to free services. Well, it just feels like if you're a, if you're a big boy and you're still in your mid twenties and you can play in multiple positions, then you're worth a spot on the list just for depth, aren't you? Well, absolutely. If you can mark the ball, we know how big the intercept game is in the AFL at the moment, and that's that's what he does. They're they're invaluable, and um, I, I'm just looking at their side now. So Darcy Moore, Nathan Murphy, yeah, like he could fit into that side, no worries being one of the, the two big key backs. And then you've got the likes of Jeremy Howe, Maynard, who, Chris Dacos, like, that's actually sounds like a pretty good mix, doesn't it? I'm saying it could be a nice little replacement for uh, Jordan Roughhead. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, go visit Solitaire for the latest Volkswagen models. Gibbs, you get yourself a little Tiguan. A nice little golf. I could see in a little um, Volkswagen Polo, I reckon. Ah, yeah. just burning around the streets of Adelaide. In just burning around. Polo. Just parking with ease. Um, show's on as we speak. Uh, heading along. You're not going to, but you've shifted the kids off to Lauren. <laughs> I'm not. I've handballed it to the wife and uh, the, the parents-in-law, mother and father-in-law. They're, uh, they're doing the rounds today, actually, so... Looking forward to how all that goes. Unfortunately, I've, uh, I've got commitments on uh, Saturday mornings in SA with you, Hazy, and uh, then going to watch the, the under-16s playing a prelim final for South Adelaide. So, unfortunately, say. can't get there today, but uh, I wish them all the best because it, uh, no doubt, will be pandemonium. I was going to say, mate, it, we're off at 10.30. You know, I'm pretty sure the show's still going after that. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're busy. We're busy today. Yeah. Extra long show. Um, any memories, distant memories of the show? Everyone's got at least one, mm. maybe... Positive or negative? Yeah, I do. We I remember going as we used to go as kids. Uh, Mum and Dad used to take us along, and as a kid, when you get excited about getting the show bags, you're running around the show bag pavilion, and all of a sudden you see something that you like, and you just bolt off mm. to have a look. All of a sudden, you turn around, and Mum and Dad's not there. And I tell oh, you what, as a kid, there's nothing worse than when you lose your parents in a big crowded environment. I remember stressing for about 10, 15 minutes there, trying to find him. Was this when you were 17? This was last year. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now I am a product of this show and I'll be eating Dagwood dogs for the rest of my life. It was pretty stressful at the time. It's become but, a carny. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I ended up finding him and it all ended up okay. There you go. Here you are doing a radio show. Good for you. What about you, Tommy? Um, you've got solid experience with the show. Your dad was a carny, wasn't he? Uh, no, he wasn't, but uh, he could have been after this incident because I was taken with my parents. I was eight or nine years old. And do you remember the Gravitron ride where it spins around in circles? And oh, is that the G-Wiz? They've got different names yeah, in different states, I reckon. G-Wiz for Sydney and you pinned to the wall because it's spinning so fast. Yep. We walk past that. My parents say, we'll each go on one ride with you. And I go, oh, I want to go on the Gravitron. So my dad goes, Bronwyn, who's my mum, do you want to go on that one with Tom? Bless and Bron. I'll go on another one. Mm. So my lucky mum walks onto the Gravitron, uh, oblivious what's about to happen. <clears throat> and, the, and the ride starts picking up speed and 
We're pinned to the walls. Now, my mum uh, was a little bit overweight at that time, so her double chin was pinned to the wall. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, apologies, Bronwyn. Sorry, Bronwyn. All right. No. It was just one of those she, phases she that she was going through. That. She was bulking and she was like, <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> well, she stripped and, back uh, <laughs> Goodness me. I'm so sorry, Bronwyn. She's- You got the dumb button there. <laughs> oh, it's too late. Pinned to the wall going, get me off of here. And my dad is standing outside and they had this TV screen showing what was happening inside and he was pissing himself laughing, watching us both pinned to the wall. We uh, disembarked the ride after being spun around for 10 minutes and my mum said, Michael, I want a divorce. (laughs) 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 Discussed a divorce for five minutes and then we were back on track and um, the show went on though. Whoa. What an absolute roller coaster that was, Mum and Dad. Hey, uh, can I have a Dagwood dog? <laughs> Zero to divorce in uh, ten minutes. I think that's what the show can do for you. If it's not just eating fairy floss and you're spiked by different sugar levels, emotions are running high, your kids are going crazy. That's um, yeah, it's a good test of the relationship. Absolutely. Hey, I see Joe Danaher flew back home yesterday to be with his wife for uh, the birth of their. I think it's their first child. Um, did you have any rules in the football club, Bryce, about when you could and couldn't, um, because, you know, Lee Matthews had a certain rule because of Daniel Bradshaw, where he, he pulled out the calendar and pointed out the times of year that they could, could what? Conce- conceive children. Could, what do you mean? Well, when a man and a woman get together. <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking about, look, and I, I have the argument with Kane Corns, not about uh, conceiving. <laughs> but more that so, how it happens. But more so, Kane saying, you know, they shouldn't be allowed to go on footy trips, or they should say, can only go here and here. And you say, you can't control players and what they do in their mm. off seasons. Are you saying that clubs can say, this is when you will and won't make love to your partner? I think they have previously strongly advised. They haven't mandated it, but they've strongly advised. They try to put it in the fine print of their contracts, yeah. maybe. <laughs> As, uh, to avoid that situation. Were, were your kids born in footy season? Uh, they Bryce? were. They were. Uh, Charlie was born in June, so and but actually fell. I think it might have been the Queen's birthday weekend, which was a buy split round. I think so. Yeah. We actually timed that perfectly. Um, That's lucky. We won't be having that weekend anymore. I don't think. No, we won't. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. So. Any uh, messages or tributes? Uh, feel free to text me at four two seven one five four one double six. And uh, Madison, uh, our youngest, was actually born the day after the grand final, so we didn't quite time that one very well. Not, so if we had played it in the grand final that year, it uh, would have been an interesting situation to be in. Wow. So if there had not been a camp, then you could have well been weighing up whether to play in a grand final or not. I think that's what I'm saying, Tom. Yeah. Well, That's what I'm saying. Putting two two together. Well done there, Tommy Lyon. Yep. And it was it was actually two of us. Cole Hardigan as well was was in the same hospital. This is where next, it gets interesting. Room, same, so there was two of us. Same hospital, same partner. Hang on, different partner. What's going on here? Who was the father? There, there isn't a love. <laughs> there isn't a uh, a Josh Carr love triangle like he has with Freeman on Port Adelaide with uh, your wife and Carl Cole Hardigan and Bryce Gibbs. No, well, what's going not, on here? I was very our, very confused. Our beautiful wives Lauren and oh. Emily were in. Beds oh, next to each other. Okay. And the rooms okay. next to each other having Whew. children. Jeez. We're about and to turn we both watched the grand final with newborns. So very springer. We both curious. might have missed the grand final if we hadn't mm. made it. If your children are extraordinarily tall, mm. I'd be asking questions. Yeah, he comes out and goes, look, he already looks like a really hulking defender. What's happening here? <laughs> 
All right. Cade Simpson, one of your old teammates. We're going to speak to him uh, next. Um, in a word, describe Cade Simpson for us. Brilliant. Brilliant. I love him. I love him. I just love him. He's, one, he's been one of my all-time favourite players playing with him and even better bloke. Mm. He was uh, in my wedding party. So he's, well, there you uh, go. he's as good as it gets. Very, very tight because he seems like one of those ultimate clubmen, like a genuine glue inside a club. Yeah. 342 games as well, just unbelievable stuff. All right, here's 10.03, so let's get straight into the news. So we are doing it thanks to Solitaire Volkswagen. Make sure you go visit Solitaire for the latest Volkswagen models. You won't be disappointed. So four two seven one five four one double six. Your top three clubmen, Gibbsy, that you play with across the journey. Uh, well, the man we're about to speak to would be right up the top, just about. Uh, probably Cade Simpson, Mark Murphy, and I know this man's listening is Simon White. He's a big mm. fan of the show. He'd be uh, he'd be in my top three, I reckon. There you go. Very good answer because if you said anyone else but Cade Simpson in the top three, you might have got yourself in a little bit of trouble. What an absolute champion he was. 342 games. I think, I don't have done my research on this, but I reckon eight games for Australia. That must be some sort of record. I reckon you've nailed that. And uh, also, of course, now he's involved uh, in Carlton's AFLW side. Big game against Port tomorrow. He joins us this morning on Saturday's in SA. Good morning to you, Cade. Hey, boys. How are we? Yeah, going very well. Thanks, mate. First of all, Bryce Gibbs in the media space. Thoughts? Yeah, um, unusual, but I've heard good things, so <laughs> I'm looking forward to some hard-hitting questions. Who who would have thought that um, how frosty he was with the media, that he would sort of <laughs> um, could do a complete backflip and go, you know what, I want to join forces. I know, and now, and now he's got me, someone who didn't enjoy doing media either. He's got <laughs> me on board for today, so... Yeah, we did hear that as well. That uh, he didn't have, a, didn't like being doorstop back in the day. But that's completely fine, um, mate. Before we talk about your career and what a career it was, um, your involvement with Carlton's AFLW side, um, take us through that and uh, what it's been like. Uh, yeah. So this is my uh, third year, well, second year, but third season. Um, so now I'm, I'm head of development, which is a sort of a new role they've created um, for me. I was a line coach, but um, looking after the forwards, but. Uh, sort of wanted a bit more time with the players and a bit more hours and um, luckily enough the club sort of created a role for me which um, sort of doubled the hours and allowed me um, more time with the players and, and gave the players that chance to come in um, when the program's sort of not on and um, try and get better and learn their craft. Now, that's a great job for you, Simsia. I reckon your, your leadership uh, towards the back end of your career at Carlton really helped those young guys and for you to land that job uh, with the, the AFLW side, they'll be certainly getting a lot out of it. Uh, what else are you doing away from, from that? I know you're a bit of a green thumb. Yeah, so I'm um, actually working today. So I just I run my own business just doing sort of garden maintenance. So as soon as I sort of finished footy, I, I went and worked as a horticulturalist for 18 months and then just sort of decided to go out my own the... Um, probably about three months ago and yeah so just working now I've got a, a client that sort of needed some stuff done today so not ideal to be working Saturday but it's, it's, it's worthwhile with the, uh, the income from this one. So running the two jobs and uh, also fatherhood how's that treating you? Yeah loving it so Archer's what's the date today he's 10 11 months tomorrow so um, it's it's been awesome it's he's I don't have anything to compare it to, but I think he sleeps pretty well. He has the odd the odd bad night, um, but loving every minute. He's just started sort of standing up on his own, and so stuff's really uh, 
about to get real right yeah. now. Yeah, it's definitely about to get real, mate. It's going to be a fun adventure. Uh, mate, on the coaching space, goals, uh, not just short-term but also long-term. Can you see yourself doing this in a full-time capacity? Yeah, absolutely. Like, as much as the gardening's fun, I think I, I really look forward to getting to the club in the afternoon and, and working with the players. So, ideally, it would be um, a full-time role, whether that's in the AFLW, it's probably a couple of years away still. But, um, yeah, I'd be open to sort of trying to do men's program and women's program. Um, and I'm really passionate sort of about player welfare and um, players sort of off-field um, trying to make sure they're set up and, and, and have something to look forward to once footy does finish because it's, you've still got 30, 40 years left of, uh, of work before you can retire. So um, I'm sort of passionate about that welfare space as well. Now, I saw you last week, Simsy, uh, and you're still looking fit as a fiddle, still keep yourself in very good nick. Uh, I still thought you had another couple of years left in you at, uh, at AFL level. Um, did you think you could have, could have gone on for another year or two? Yeah, I did. Um, but as as most players, you don't really sort of get to make those decisions yourself. So um, the club sort of had some young players coming through and obviously we're getting in some, some other defenders that probably played my role in Sard and Williams. So um, it was unfortunate. I w- would have loved to have gone on for another year, year or two, but um, no hard feelings on my end. I've, I've played 18 years, felt like I... Uh, the club really looked after me, so yeah, it was. Um, and now still working at the club, so yeah. Just that was just a remarkable career, mate. Uh, what eighteen years, three hundred forty-two odd games, and um, I, I didn't look up the record books, but is that a record? Has anyone played more games than uh, for than you for Australia? Uh, I don't know. Maybe like Boomer Harvey or someone might have got, or Dustin Fletcher maybe might have got a few. But I like I love that series and was lucky enough to do it with Bryce over in Ireland um, and just all the other players you meet from other clubs, like their relationships that you have for forever and, and whenever you play against those guys in the AFL, straight after the game, you search them out and, and have a quick chat um, after the game. So um, I loved it. I'd, I'd love to see it get up and going again and, and maybe be, be a coach on it and jump on and then get a bit of a junket going. Now, this time last week, Bryce jumped on air and he was coming to us live from Melbourne and Look, I don't want to sound harsh, but uh, look, probably wasn't at his absolute best. But so, can you give us an insight? How was the reunion? Yeah, it was great. Um, some guys like haven't seen for a long time, and with Bryce being interstate, you only rarely get to see each other. So, um, any chance we can get together and catch up and have a few beers and, and talk about the old war stories, it's um, it's good fun. Um, I've, I've I know Bryce might, he might have sounded dusty, but he did the responsible thing and, and, and wound it up relatively early to make sure he was in shape to go for the morning. So. Oh, good job. The old Bryce definitely wouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah. And going on from that, we spoke earlier in the show uh, off the back of Zane Cordy getting uh, snapped, uh, not in his best best state uh, after his Mad Monday. And I spoke about some of our Mad Mondays, Simsy, and you were the ultimate professional uh, on the field. You, you looked after your body immaculately with all your rehab and was so diligent and and it flowed on into those mad mondays because without a doubt you were best dressed in every single mad monday we had was that was that something that you prided yourselves prided yourself on uh, just as much as your your footy stuff because every each and every year uh was we always look forward to what you were going to dress up as 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I sort of would always start trying to plan it mid-year and, and if I needed for a beard or a moustache or something to go along with the outfit, I'd um, I'd start growing it early so I didn't have to just stick something on. So I, a couple of, a couple of the, uh, memorable ones were Bruce Dool, uh when I had the beard going, um, Ned Flanders when I had the moustache going. Um, but yeah, I, I did pride myself on it a little bit, um, but just great days. Um, and I think when I first started, like you didn't really dress up and then I think it went to, oh, you have to wear a, a trashy t-shirt or something. And then it just escalated from there. And, um, yeah, guys went all out and it was that one day where we could just sort of let our hair down and, uh, and sort of, I don't know, celebrate the year or just sort of wind down from the, the season, the tough season that AFL is. Jeez, Bruce Dool, what an absolute magician he was. Very select club as well. Only a handful of Blues have played 300 games. Of course, you and Bruce Dool in that uh, club. What's what's the what are they called? What was he called? The human doormat. What's he like? The flying doormat. The flying doormat. That's uh, it. Yeah, he's um he he really likes it exactly probably as he plays. Stays out of the limelight. I know the club try to get him in there regularly, and he just sort of politely denies and um just sort of says, no, I'm okay, just looking from afar, but every now and then they get him. <laughs> it's amazing. They got him in there a couple of weeks ago, a great man, Shane O'Sullivan, who deals with a lot of the past players, actually got him in there, and there's a $40 million new facility and offered to give him a tour around. He's just like, no thanks, and just took <laughs> off. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> oh, that's outstanding. Uh, mate, just a word on as well, the Blues this year. Obviously, everyone's very, very excited, probably midpoint of the season. Didn't quite go to plan, but um, does the future look good? Do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Like um, I think um, the brand of footy they played this year was was really good. Um, I think injuries probably they covered the injuries pretty well, sort of early in the year and mid year. But I do think they sort of took their toll when you're having guys like Tom DeConning still learning his craft, have to do shoulder most of the ruck work, and then I think Cripper played a little bit in the ruck as well, which took away from his clearance work. Um, but I think the brand of footy, uh, footy they played was was really exciting. Um, if they can have a little bit of luck with some injuries, they've got the like all the key pillars are in place. I think with Weedering and, and Young showed plenty, and then the two big guys up forward in Charlie and Harry. I think um, I think the future is really bright, mate. Really good to catch up with you this morning. Uh, best of luck tomorrow against Port Adelaide. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Kate Simpson joining us. What an absolute champion he was for Carlton Football Club. Eighteen years. That's a ridiculously long career. And I'm telling you, he wouldn't have accepted the invitation from many to come on a show like this. Yeah. We, uh, we're very privileged <laughs> today love on this space. Saturdays in SA because uh, he's, uh, he's looked after us there and it's always great to chat with him. Cause, uh, and his role that he's doing in uh, head of development with the women's, like his leadership and the way he wanted to set the culture um, towards the back end of his career was unbelievable. And for, to, for them to have someone like him, you know, showing them and, and guiding them in, the, in that sort of direction, um, they're very lucky. So hope he goes on to, you know, get bigger and better, better things in terms of if he wants to go into that wellness space um, or do some development coaching at high levels, um, he'd, be, he'd be a great get for anyone. Yeah, no doubt. Big future in that space if he wants it. All right, that was uh, our guest this morning, Cade Simpson. Catch up with that cat, uh, chat rather via the podcast. It's quarter past ten. We are doing it, of course, this morning, thanks to Solitaire Volkswagen. Visit Solitaire for the latest Volkswagen models. Uh, back soon. Live across Australia, Saturdays in SA, with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, coming to you live from SCNSA Studio, Lumo SA, powered by Lumo Energy. Let's have a bit of a whip around the world of sport. <laughs>
this Saturday scoreboard. Let's start with the US Open. Your immediate thoughts as well on Nick Kyrgios, Gibbsy. Very disappointing. I was pretty much all in on the great man. Well, he beat the number two seed, and then the draw just looked like it was going to open up for him. Yeah. All of his games up until the final were going to be certainly winnable if he had had a continue to play at that level, but. Ended up in a five-set thriller and uh, two less rackets, which yes. he decided to break post uh, the loss. Fun to watch, I must admit. It's one of my guilty pleasures, watching Nick Kyrgios go absolutely off. Uh, on that, though, Norway's Kasper Ruud is through to the men's final at the US Open. Uh, he blitzed that man who beat Kyrgios, Karen Kachanov, at 6-2 in the fourth set. Ruud will play the winner off Carlos Alcaraz and Francis Tiafo from the States. Francis Tiafo, very, very exciting to watch. Uh, Root also reached the final at Roland Garros this year, losing to Rafa Nadal. Do like the US Open and everything that it brings. Yeah, it's a good time of the year, isn't it? Wimbledon straight into the US Open, and uh, then we get a little bit of a spell before the uh, the Australian Open kicks up again in uh, in the new year. So it uh, should be a good final, whoever makes it there. Yep. Um, the news that's just come through around about 45 minutes ago, Australian white ball captain and World Cup champion Aaron Finch has announced his retirement from ODI cricket, confirming that Sunday's series finale against New Zealand in Cairns will be his last match in the 50-over format. The 35-year-old who's played 145 ODIs since making his international debut in 2011 will continue to lead the national T20 side. He's been under the pump in this space for what feels like about a year and a half. So surprising that he's retiring, but I thought that the writing was probably on the wall. 50-over cricket for him. The time's right. He's been an unbelievable servant to, to Australian cricket and... He's played well in some big matches for him. And, uh, yeah, he has struggled on form recently and has decided to pull the pin now. But, uh, you know, he's been he's been been fantastic to watch. One of those guys who you love to go and watch because when he's on, his ball-striking ability is unbelievable. NRL space, what's happening? Well, the, uh, the finals kicked off last night. Penrith Panthers took down the Parramatta Eagles by 19 points in the uh, qualifying final last night. Uh, the Eels had beaten them both times mm. this year, Hazy. As you'd know, you're a big NRL man. So uh, Penrith, who finished top, flexed their muscles and uh, booked themselves in a prelim again for the second consecutive year. Did you watch it? I was watching the footy but flicking in between the, the breaks and the ads. This is a question without notice. And excuse me if I'm stitching you up here, but is Cleary back? Cleary's back, yes. He's back. He played very well. There you go. Good straightens stuff. him up. You love the NRL. I'm into it, yeah. You're absolutely flat out. I'm into it. I'm flat out into these texts as well. We'll come back and do our best to speed through all of them. There must be hundreds here. 0427 154 166. It's 23 minutes past 10. Uh, like we mentioned before, we are doing it thanks to our very good friends at Solitaire Volkswagen. The new performance R range is now there. So go down, check it out. This is Saturday's in SA. Top of 16 across Adelaide today. No rain. It's going to be partly cloudy. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, three cheers for the good folks at Solitaire Volkswagen. Hip, hip. Hooray! <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> also, we're coming to you from SNSA Studio, Lumo SA. We're powered by Lumo Energy. So, um, three cheers for Lumo. No, I'm just kidding. You've really put me on the spot Don't there. I didn't you, know what was going on. Don't you get into that. Hey, been a big show, Gibbsy. You've had a lot of fun. Um, really good fun catching up with one of your old teammates, Cade Simpson. Absolute gun, who it must be said... I don't think you'll find Cade Simpson doing any more media whatsoever. He's a tough nut to crack, but we got him on. No, it's not what you know. It's who you know, Hazy. I've always said that. And, yeah, we were privileged to be uh, to have an interview with the great Cade Simpson. Tom's song today as well, which you can catch on the socials. And, of course, when you download the podcast, wasn't it just magnificent? The two-week 
wait in between songs this time was uh, well worth it because it was a cracker. Did wonders, didn't it? it Just did. a little bit of extra time off. Um, immediate plans for you today? I'm heading off now to the under-16s. South Adelaide are taking on the Eagles in an elimination final. So big game for our under-16s today. There you go. Go the Panthers. All right, stick around. Crunch time led by the great Jared Waitley is up next. And, of course, AFL Nations coverage will be all over it. The big game tonight, Collingwood v Fremantle. Don't forget as well, tomorrow, Sample, Crowsbury, Red Legs, Paul Bonza, Mark Ross will take you through that. Big weekend of footy. Enjoy. Have a great weekend. We'll catch you next time.